Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that it's 825? Precisely. Damn. I'm late for school. You know, I have one simple request. And that is to have sharks with frickin' laser beams attached to their heads. You are asking me to be rational. That is something I know I cannot do. Well, whatever it is, it's gotta get by us. Right. Go get her, Ray! Corey is really excited to talk about Austin Powers in Goldmember, the 2002 film. Now, this is the third film in the trilogy, guys. Uh, by the way, this is Get a Load of This Movie Podcast, and I'm Zach. I'm Corey. Hey, what's up? I'm Cole. And uh, Get a Load of This Movie, also known in Vietnam Uh-oh. as... Oh, gosh! Whoa! Oh, okay. It's just you, my friend Jared. Um, a franchise movie podcast. Yeah. I've... <laughs> These are fun. Uh... <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Austin Powers and Goldmember, third movie in the series. Uh, what I was going to say... Uh, is that last time, last couple episodes, we've uh, briefly discussed the possibility of each of us uh, have reserved the right to hit a buzzer, metaphorically, because we do not have a buzzer in front of us. It will be added in in post. It will sound like this. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop. 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 Um, And when you hit that buzzer, uh, you know, metaphorically, the buzzer again sounds like this. Turn it off. You hit that buzzer. That means you would end the the entire series now. So, for instance, if I, Zach Holenstein, hit my buzzer now, that means I would have stopped the franchise. If I was in, in control, I would have stopped the franchise before Austin Powers and Goldmember. Someone hits it at the end, that means they would stop it to prevent a fourth film. So... Just for the sake of demonstration, I am going to stop this fucking franchise before Austin Powers and Goldmember. And I'm hitting my alarm now, and it sounds like this. I'm sorry, what does it sound like? I couldn't hear that. No, 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 no. Why? Why? Because I think this was a bad movie. You think this was worse than the second one? I do. I do. Oh my gosh! I like this more than the second I one. I cannot wait for this discussion. All right, Just Cole, go into the green light so we can talk about it. Cole, are you hitting your buzzer or are you reserving I thought you already buzzer? said no. I mean, genuinely, I'd hit my buzzer after the first one. It's a great one-off movie, and I don't think the sequels are necessary, though I enjoy them. I mean, Well, then if you enjoy them, then why would you hit the buzzer? I mean, I enjoy them. Hit the buzzer, though. That's what I'm saying, but, he said, but he's, he, said, he said ideally I would hit it after the first one. That's what he said. If I knew this is the way the franchise was going, yeah, I would hit But you it. did. You saw the movies. But I didn't know that. But we like, were playing as if... I The buzzer doesn't work in this scenario if it's after, man. It works during. So he's saying after seeing the second one and knowing about the third one, he would have then subsequently stopped but it But when we recorded the first, the first one. one, he had already seen the second one. He knew what the movie was. Well, where's the fun in that? Then what's the point of doing these subsequent episodes? I don't just to talk about them. That doesn't... Just you, we, I thought you wanted to go into a monologue about why you pressed your buzzer. Now you're asking Well, no, no. I don't want to go into any monologue. All right, so we're going to go into the first section. It's called <laughs> The Green Light. We're going to go into The Green Light. I thought you were... <laughs> we really should stop this fighting. Otherwise, we'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. Okay, uh, so in the green light, uh, you know, just a brief background on the movie here. Um, so Austin Powers and Goldmember was released in 2002. Uh, it was a uh, 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the exact same score as Spy Who Shagged Me. Um, it made $297 million on a $63 million budget. 
they uh, added some cast members for this movie. Uh, Beyonce, Heather Graham is out. Uh, she doesn't get you know killed off in the opening scene like Elizabeth Hurley did in the last one though. But Beyonce is out of the film, or Beyonce is into the film. Heather Graham is out uh, as the the you know as they would say the Bond girl, the the Powers girl. Uh, I like Beyonce. that better, the Powers girl. The Powers girl. Um, so get this. So this movie is two thousand two. Uh, probably filmed, I, I don't know exactly, actually, I should have checked the exact date when it was released, but I know it's 2002, I don't know exactly when they filmed this, uh, Beyonce was born in 1981, so pretty much she was 19 or 20 when filming this. Yeah. That's, um, that's just wild to me. But yeah, she looks pretty young. Yeah, yeah, uh, she, she didn't look old, she still doesn't look old even now, um, but yeah, she's been around for a hot minute. Um, so she, before this, she was in like Destiny's Child already. Uh, you know, they had their debut album in 1998. Uh, they released two or more albums before this movie. But this is actually, this movie came out before she ever had a solo album. So this is, for any of the solo hits Beyonce has, all so, after this So movie. this would not be a cameo. Well, I guess it's too big to be a cameo. Oh, yeah, definitely not a cameo. This I mean, is a if, she, role. if she was like... Never mind, just keep going. She wasn't very big. We got into this the, earlier, in like one of the earlier movies, where... You didn't consider Will Ferrell a cameo. I, I mean, I, I just the definition of cameo. It's, it's, it's arbitrary. I don't. I, it's not that big of a deal. Okay. You're right. Tell you what, concede. Will Ferrell cameo. Corey's correct. It was a cameo. Agreeing. I hate it. <laughs> in agreement here. Beyonce Knowles, who has the second most screen time of any actor in this movie, not a cameo. Definitely. Oh, not this is clear to everyone. I, I understand this not a cameo. <laughs> But if she did have, like, a small part in this, like, Britney Spears, that was a cameo. Yeah, you're Brit- really picking up on this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Um, that was a cameo. But if, if if she had the exact same role as, like, a Britney Spears, would you have considered that a cameo? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But she didn't do anything by herself. I At think Beyonce point. was more famous than Will Ferrell. Beyonce's more famous here, if she had that same in 2002, than Will Ferrell would have been in 1996. That's, yes, I would I would wager that. I mean, yeah, Destiny's Child did get pretty big yeah. pretty quick. Um, <laughs> so let's... <laughs> moving but, on with Beyonce. But let's... Yeah. Uh, all right, a quick question. What's your favorite Beyonce song, Corey? I don't like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Cole, what's your what's your favorite Beyonce song? Who? That's a tough question. Oh gosh. Uh, we only ask the hard questions on Get a Load of This Movie, a movie podcast. Um I don't It's hard hitting journalism over here. I mean I'm definitely not like I wouldn't say I'm a super big Beyonce fan, but uh I mean Halo is always one that I'm like Fuck yeah, this song's awesome. Halo's pretty good. There was a solid bit in middle school where uh, I thought Halo would be the song played at my wedding with whatever girl I was in love with at the time. Um, I would say my favorite, probably Love on Top. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. So yeah, this is like her first acting role. Uh, She was also in the Pink Panther, Dreamgirls, and of course, Cole's favorite movie from 2019, The Live Action Lion King. Never said that. What's the next thing we're talking about? Let's Michael Caine. <laughs> they added Michael Caine to Sir uh, Michael Caine. Sir Michael Caine. Uh, one of the five male actors nominated for an Academy Award in five different decades, including The Quiet American, which he was nominated for the same year, with co-starring Cole, Brendan Fraser. Here's, hey. here's your Brendan Fraser connection for the episode. Brendan Fraser is in Scrubs. Brendan Fraser is in Scrubs. He's in the best episode of Scrubs, arguably. Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, he's been knighted 
Uh, and uh, he was famous, you know, for a lot of movies in Britain for a long time. He's been around for a hot minute. His first movies were like in the 50s, but uh, played a character named Harry Palmer, which I had mentioned in the first episode, is one of the characters that Austin Powers is based off of. Um, and now he's here in the in the film playing Austin's father. How how poetically sweet. Um, any any thoughts on Michael Caine as an actor? How do we feel about that Cockney accent, Corey? I don't know. I've seen him a lot recently. I'm just kind of getting tired of him. Being you get, you're, getting, you're just kind of waiting for him to die, huh? No, not die. I thought I saw something that he's retiring. He's 89, so maybe he is. I think he's 89. That's good. He's pretty old. I mean, I can definitely check into Who that. Who could forget I don't, his I don't memorable really get, role he's, in Tenet? He, he's a good actor. I could do without him, though. Oh, man. Whoa. <laughs> well, that's the poll quote from the episode. Wow. Corey, Michael, Corey could do without Michael Caine. It's not like he's anything incredible. How? You know, I think his Alfred performance in Dark Knight Rises when he's crying... Clearly, you also haven't seen Cider House Rules. He's I haven't not, seen that. He's not really that. good in that. That's arguably one of my favorite roles of his. What about Jaws of Revenge, Cole? What do you think about him in Jaws of Revenge? I would not like to comment on Jaws the Revenge. Brett Savage is the only other guy I have written down here. He's the mole. Um, I'm going to make some guacamole. Fred Savage. What Savage. Else is he in? Uh, the Wonder Years. Princess Bride. Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. He's, He's the, the kid. boy in the bed. He's the kid. That they're reading the story to. Oh, he is. Mm -hmm. What else is he in? Well, I don't really know what else he's in, but he, he's directed some ep episodes of Always Sunny, I think. Um, oh, yes. So maybe that's where you've seen the name. That's what I think that's where I've heard the in name In other a lot. TV episodes, probably. Uh, his younger brother is Ben Savage, who is Corey on Boy Meets World. So there's our Corey oh, connection wow. for the day. It's actually spelled the same, too. A lot How of about that? A lot of people don't spell it the same. About, so where does he rank in your Corys with your, yourself, uh, him, actually... and Corey Cunningham from Halloween Ends? Where does he rank? Oh. You... <laughs> well, he was a... Actually, Corey from Boy Meets World was a uh, <laughs> a role model to me. <laughs> I felt like I had representation on the big screen. Subjectively, uh, maybe one of the more annoying characters in the show. <laughs> That's actually a claim I don't want to stand by. He had some funny moments. He, he just I just liked Eric more. All right. Um, anything else to say? In, the druggie in the green light. I don't think Eric did any drugs in the show. Yeah, he was. No, like... that was like Sean. Sean was always. Oh, who's Eric? Eric's the older brother. He got dumb by the end, but like was... with the long hair. He he had. Did he have long? No, he, Sean yeah, had no, longer he, uh, hair, didn't he? No, he cut his hair like. It was, mm. like, down to here by, like, season seven. Cut it. Here I yeah. am, like, in a Boy Meets World cast. This is good. No, this is good. Um, <laughs> this is important. We're going to go in our next section called Boy Meets World. Where, where we <laughs> Eric, had the, World Eric, had, Eric had long hair. Yeah. They both had long hair. But yeah. you were right. Sean was supposed to be, like, the trick. Sean, Sean was the rough and rough and tumble guy. <laughs> he was rough and rowdy. Sean was raised in a trailer park, yes. That was their... Uh, he was good. Yeah. Wrong side of the tracks, kid, oh. if you will. That's. But, Zach, moving forward. Moving yeah, forward. we're going to move uh, into a section called Action. Even the opening scene, there's always some random girl who gets a call that undoubtedly ends up getting her killed. It's all so predictable. There's no element of surprise. You can see everything coming. Ah! <laughs> Did that surprise you? <laughs> Shut the fuck up and watch the movie. Um, okay, so, I mean, the plot kicks off with the very fictitious movie about Austin's life where you have the great actors Tom Cruise and Gwyneth Paltrow mm. as Dixie Normus and 
Austin Powers himself, and then you have a role I would replace now, Kevin Spacey as mm. Doctor Evil. It's a fitting fitting casting for Doctor Evil. Yeah, and then of course the ever so great Danny DeVito as Mini Me. So guys, what did you think about the? Tri- so I had not. I don't think I've seen this movie before. I oh, think I've okay. seen parts of it. That's but an I don't exciting think, feeling. But I don't think I had seen this movie before. Um, all the way through. So when I saw that, I cannot tell you how excited I was. I was like, this is going to be the best of the three. I think. because Not because, like, I understand what they were doing with the first one and the second one. And they still did with the, this one. Where they're, like, making fun of James. Not making fun, but, like, a, a, a satire of James Bonds and everything like that. I was like, uh-oh. 2002. This was a Mission Impossible time period. Yeah, this is a Mission Impossible 2 right after that. Yeah, era. so I was like... They're moving like they're they're kind of switching to like the same genre, but like a different franchise and making fun of those tropes. I was like, I'm going to be able to connect to this more. Mm-hmm. This is what I thought during that time period. This isn't your dad's Austin Powers. <laughs> I know this is this is our Austin yeah, Powers. This is for the young, the young crowd. We got Britney Spears excited. in here. But then, um, then it was it was I was like, oh my gosh, like I. I actually wrote down for a second. This is I started taking notes and I started with this one and then I deleted everything because I was like, who would you rather have as Austin Powers at this point? Would you re- like? And then I named so it wasn't Tom Cruise. I, mm. Once Tom Cruise came on screen, I was like, I'm deleting this question because then I was like, trying to come up with like someone a bit more of the time that would like me. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Quaid. I don't know. I, I I was trying to look up actors in the moment, but then once uh, once Tom Cruise came on, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a gag. This oh, is yeah. a gag, and I was kind of upset about that. It's a that. gag and a half. I want more Gwyneth Paltrow in um, the skin-tight suit. That was. Oh, did fun. you like that? I liked that. I you liked that, too. Cole, thoughts on Gwyneth Paltrow in skin-tight suits. <laughs> it was uh, It was good. I mean... But no, I really liked... That was almost offensive, what she said, though, because you only said she looked good. She looked phenomenal. I don't think there's right. ever been a better look for her, except in the first Iron Man. She looks really good in seven. When she had her hair tied back, and she was like, sometimes I have to take out the trash. I was like, oh my gosh. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that was a great quote. I think I think this is the number one look, and that's number two right there. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, of course, that leads into the conversation with Steven Spielberg and what makes these films great, and Austin says Mojo, and Mojo comes from... Great opening dance number. I have a, uh, I have this written in here in my, in my note. I, I took notes while watching, but not plot notes, but kind of thought notes while I was watching this film. Uh, I have written. Make sure to ask Corey's thoughts <laughs> on how much they say mojo. <laughs> Corey was on it's the. It's not my pro- The mojo is not my problem. It's what they <clears throat> think mojo is, and they, they obviously do not understand. Corey knows a lot. Let about me tell mojo. you something about this movie. I really appreciate that. It seemed like every character, not even if the 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 path they took, I didn't think was like all that straight or like they weren't like going like ah, I don't know why you're doing that. Like that's what I mean by it wasn't like the straightest path there. Mm. Um, they, I felt like. Especially with Austin, who I was really concerned about in this one. And even like, um, even with Dr. Evil, it felt like they went on a path, like a character arc. And in the second one, none of them had a character arc, except maybe Austin. And that, and it was like, Austin had a character arc at the beginning, and then he came back to where it was like, it didn't matter. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh no, we're still, somehow he's still on that path. Doesn't make any sense how he's still on that path, but... It looks like he is, and he got to the end of it. Congratulations. This one, I felt like he was on the path the entire time. And what was that path? That's right, daddy issues. Yeah, daddy we got, issues. We got a issue. uh, so I actually, I do, I, I do think that this opening scene, like the whole, the whole thing, is the best part of the movie. Uh, I, I loved the cameos Whoa. all hit. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. I love the Steven this. Spielberg one where he legitimately looks at him with his Oscar and he goes, this guy here disagrees when he tells him how to direct a movie because that is Steven Spielberg. I like I can't buy that, though. I, I, Spielberg's performance just fell flat for me. I thought he was not good in this film. Yeah, I think they yeah. should have written... I think maybe the problem lied in the writing. I think it would have been funnier if he was more meek. And it would have been funny how meek he is given we, that he is the best director of all time. Are we really talking about Steven Spielberg's acting in this movie? No, I'm not. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I think it, it's worthy of a conversation. I don't I think, think it's even I liked. I liked. I it was like, a cameo. I, so, I, yeah, are you going to complain that... Are you going to complain that uh, Britney Spears was... A fembot? That was lip syncing the entire time. She, no, she definitely was, man. <laughs> but like that's what, that's what you're. That, uh, feels like the conversation we're having. No, I was, I was, I, I was joking. Guys. I do. Uh, well, you were going in depth about. Right, you guys it. didn't let me finish my little thing. Uh, I was gonna talk. By about, all means. Well, it's done. The <laughs> moment you can has finish. Passed. You can the finish now. Go ahead. Oh, you're gonna we let me finish. I like to hear what you have to say. Oh, how generous! Um, I was. Uh, now actually, that's all the time we have for Zach. Yeah, what's the next? I did like how we list. started doing uh, cartwheels, though. Like how it's supposed to be like Spielberg doing the cartwheels, but it's clearly obviously like a, oh, yeah. a double. And uh, then, that was funny. You know, big dance number. You know, uh, we got to sing it in the rain, silentish part of it, and then we uh, go to Quincy Jones, and he. Um, we get a Quincy Jones shout out. It's almost getting a. It's getting very well, meta. Um, um, Zach Quincy Jones didn't do the score for the films, though. It was George S. Clinton. Okay. Uh, it seemed like he was part of it, though. I think he wrote, like, the original Austin theme. Right. But he didn't do, like, the rest of the scores. Is this the last movie? Uh, in the series? Yeah. Yes. Okay. As of right <gasps> for now. now. Uh, more on that later. Uh, um, no. So, Britney Spears is a fembot. Austin kills her. Um... It was just kind of summing up what he's done in previous movies. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Cole, what do you, what do you I, got next on the stock? Wait, wait, wait. So, one, more thing, one more thing on the opening. I thought the opening was, because I feel like each opening, like the first opening was very big. It was just huge opening, really so just big. established it, but it was really grounded in the, in like what Austin, like I love Austin, that opening. in the Austin Powers like world. The second one, bit bigger. I think, that one's kind of that one kind of pulls you out of it just a tiny bit, but not yeah, really. it's it's this, this kind of the movie's gonna be bigger, bit. so we're going yeah bigger. This one, Huge. I think I think it's just I think it's just the next step in that. I don't really think you got you can't you can't really, I don't really focus know how you too much. Yeah, no, you're right. I, 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 think, I don't think you should complain. I still think that's my favorite part of the movie. I understand, but you, I think like you kind of have to, I almost have to you have to separate it. It's like almost the credits, you know, like where it it's is. just well, it was no, I understand, but like where it's like this isn't part of the movie. This is just kind of explaining mm-hmm. the movie, and it's just like a fun little dance while they're telling you about what the movie, like who who's in the movie. Well, if you want to take it at face value, it does also. They're making a movie about Austin Powers. He's which, a pretty big which, deal in modern times. Which too. they do. Yeah, and it, it's almost like Tropic Thunder at the ending, but we'll get we'll get on that later. But um, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. yeah. So next we move to, I mean, oh. we're in Hollywood, so naturally Doctor Evil's lair is in the Hollywood sign. It's behind the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, Doctor Evil reveals his plan to find a man who lost his genitalia in an unfortunate. Unfortunate schmelting accident. I have that written here as well, Cole. I'm glad you picked. I like. I I thought that line was funny. What? Just the whole idea of an unfortunate smelting accident. It's, he lost his, it's his pronounced schmelting. Schmelting accident. I don't but anyway, uh, so the idea is to use a satellite codename Preparation H. I have that written here. That, that Cole Preparation H is a hemorrhoid cream, Cole. 
I did the research on that. I did so, not know that. I'm guessing that was something of the time, too. Yes. yes. Hemorrhoids were all over back then, <laughs> rampant. Uh, I have written here, why does Scotty still go to these meetings? <laughs> because Scotty clearly hates he gets his... here and he gets abused. He doesn't contribute. They don't want him there. He seems like he was laughing at him, though, because he is always kind of stupid, and so I think it's more entertainment. feels like Scott. he's almost at a risk of being killed by Minnie at certain points. Well, it's like this like this son going to work with his father and he clearly doesn't respect his father's job or anything about him. But See, that kind of changes in this movie, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. A character arc. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> but I uh, sink my teeth and all I mean, that. Once we get there. Anyway, I mean, at that point, Austin pops in because, as usual, Austin always has to stop Dr. Evil. Can play. I tell you how much I really liked that Austin was there right away? I thought it was hilarious. That is really funny. And the fact that it's only like, like 10 seconds and yeah. it's out of nowhere. And it's the last 10 seconds of this whole scene of the plan. And it's it just, just like, shows up like, oh, we got you. Not so, <laughs> no, was so like, fast, I, Dr. Evil. I think I fist pumped. I was so amped. I was like, thank God this isn't going to be another one of those just, here's our plan and now we're going to do it and all this stuff. And then at the end, it's just going to stop. I mean, it ended up like it's still, yeah, mm-hmm. you still have the movie where it's kind of like. Expectation subversion. But it's like. We're not. Do- it, it was so obvious that they were not doing the exact same thing again. And I yeah. was kind of. I was kind of amped by that. This, All, this already, is its own movie. Already, this is definitely its own movie. Already, I was like, this is this is miles. I was better. actually pretty high on the movie at this point too. Yeah. It was coming off the opening, and I like this whole scene. You know? And then you go learn that Austin is uh, about to receive another award as International Man of Mystery, knighted by Queen Elizabeth herself. Mm. Rest in peace, um, Queen Elizabeth passed away this year. <laughs> Um, she's in a box. I can't, I can't believe she's box. gone. I can't believe she's really gone. Okay, yeah. I thought I'd say something nice. Mm. But anyway, I like that the crowd laughs when they all see that he's dad. Stand up, take a bow, and he's not yeah. there, and everyone yeah, there starts but laughing. To, to yeah. go into even more to that, <laughs> I mean, I think it's so funny how Austin like is just like, yeah, my dad's gonna be here. And you haven't heard a single fucking word about his dad in all oh, these movies. Oh, I'm not going to complain about that. But my biggest yeah, thing so is there's a huge plot hole. Uh-oh. Michael Caine mm. looks like he's about 60 in this movie, right? Cole, save, save that. I have... I did some math. <laughs> we're, we're not there yet. Get, we're not there yet. We haven't... I, I have some stuff on that. What, okay. what happens next? So, anyway, Austin goes back to his pad and he sings a song Love with it. his band. Love that I, fucking song. With his song. Too, yeah. Was that with a parody? Daddy wasn't there. Was that a parody? No, that's, a, that's remind, that band that's in the first one. It reminded me of Scotty no, doesn't know. So, Zach's, uh, <laughs> the band Zach mentioned that. Ming T. Ming T. Yeah. That is the actual band performing the song with Mike Myers. I understand. I, no, I understand. I didn't know if Great it, I was song. like, I was like, this is a really fun song, but I thought. Maybe it's a parody of something. Mm. I mean, so I did. So that's a great song. Austin's modern pad. I thought like, so. Austin has a pad in the, you know, in the in, in the future, but future being present. Uh, uh, what would you guys think of his mo- his modern? Pad? I mean, it seems like he he's like he's keeping the swingers party alive mm. in the pad, no matter what. Really, like nothing's changing. Mm-hmm. Big fan of the twins. Oh, the twins bit. Yeah. So he had a list of things to do before I die, and I, I, I paused it and I looked. I looked at some of them. I didn't catch all of them because some of them move really fast in the middle. Yeah. But the ones that I got all the ones at the beginning when he looks at it, and ones at the end when he looks at it. The first one was, and most of them are crossed out. You know. 
All of them are crossed out except two things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> things to do before I die. Become international man of mystery. Save world from certain doom. Travel through time backward and forward. Be cryogenically frozen. Catch Dr. Evil in the first act. This is one of them. <laughs> he, he got that one done in this movie. Yeah, and then the last two are threesome with Japanese twins and earn daddy's respect. Yeah. So... When I saw that, since I had not seen this movie before, I think I've only seen clips. As I said before, I've established okay, that. Yeah. That has been established yeah. already. I thought Austin was going to die at the end of this. And I was like... Subversion of expectations. I don't even, that's, I don't even think that's a subversion for... subvert. I don't think that's... I don't think it's what you said. Um, I don't <laughs> What'd think... What did you say? <laughs> Can you say that? <laughs> what did I say? I don't think that they should have put things to do before he dies. I think it should do... They should have said, like... To do like one or something, something. Some bucket list. Like no, oh, not even also not a, even bucket list because it made me think that he was gonna die at the end. And what you was didn't the like? You didn't like that you were uncertain of his fate. You didn't like that. What? You didn't like that you were uncertain of Austin's fate. No, I did. I liked it. So you you said you, what was the point? you said you wish they changed that. Yeah, but like, what was the point of it? Because he didn't die at the there end. There wasn't much of. I People think because that's that's a very that's what a bucket list is. Yeah, it's just a bucket list. A lot of people I mean, have those. So you're saying it's fine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a thing. That's not like out of nowhere. That's I think, just a normal I list think to it's have. just like a you throw have, away even if you don't write it down, there are things that even you, Corey, know that there are things you want to do before your life is over. Daddy's respect. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. And, uh, and that's what Austin has it too. Um, and, and I like to put twins, Basil. You know, like Basil's supposed to know that this is one of the things that Austin has been waiting on and, and that he should read the room and like come back later. And but the thing is, Basil has, as we've seen, Basil loves Austin just absolutely so much that you you would expect him to actually read the room. And that's the funny well, this was thing. Urgent. OK, but anyway, Basil comes in and he interrupts this opportunity to check something off Austin's bucket list with um, three crew members from his father's yacht who have had their, um, how do I say, members painted gold? Just like that. It's exactly how you say it. Thank you. Uh, They're penises. Yes, Corey. Fox, I, uh, if you will. <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, I mean, but this moment becomes a little funnier when Austin tries to, like, reason that his father wasn't at the ceremony by saying, so he was kidnapped before the ceremony. And Basil feels the need to actually clarify that, no, this was definitely after. He could have came. You know, like, he... Basil has to, in a better word, drop some exposition on us. Oh, and... Uh, now, well, do you think there's? You think that's a connection to his name? Yes, yes, I do. So this when we get the flashback, right? No, no. we get the flashback after he decides to visit Doctor. Ah, uh, e. the yeah. Silence of the Lambs type, type yeah. gimmick. Yes, yeah. that was a good one. And I the, liked it. I liked we the, get it was a cool get, dynamic. I almost wish we got more of. I think that'd we, be a more. That, we that get two fun. flashbacks in this scenario. We get the scene to the first one where Doctor Evil says, "We're not so different." You and I. See, I did say that. You know. <laughs> Continuing with the self-referential humor, and then we go all the way back to when Austin won his first international man of mystery, which I thought was a great scene. It was it was one of my like favorite parts of the movie, just to see this young version of Austin and Doctor Evil and It reminded me of uh do you guys remember 
that show when we were like little little children of like the Looney Tunes all at a preschool together. Yes, Looney. Like, That's what it felt like to me. Like the like, Looney oh, all Tunes these characters movie. that we know as adults. Turns out they've always been around each other. Like even while they were children. I like that. Yeah, I it, thought they nailed the casting for all these young people. So, oh my gosh, so well, so good. These guys were great at doing the older versions of themselves. The young Wa- Robert right. Wagner and the. Did they do their their own voice? Like I know the kids do the voices. I even tell. That's how Ever, good they were. No. Everyone did except for Austin, because you can like kind of see he's he's mouthing the words. The young Austin. Oh, I couldn't tell that. No, I yeah, couldn't tell. That was that that was I, the little scrawny little scrawny Austin being this womanizer is the funniest fucking thing. Ever. It was his French teacher. <laughs> so, <that was> so <laughs> well, what, what did she say? She was like a brief oral exam later, and it's like, I, he said something. And I was like, I hope it's not brief, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like this, and he's still, no matter what, no matter how old he is, he's this womanizer, which, I mean, is... I know, but it's not even womanizing, it's like free, it's like free love, it's not even, it's not even even like, oh, I'm lying to them just to sleep with them, it's just like, he's he's always pretty open about it, he's he's like, I'm gonna... He's just himself. He's a swinger. I mean, Groovy, baby. What, you know? are you, what are you saying? What are you saying? He's a swinger, that was the culture, like, he talks about with Dr. That's not what a swinger is, a swinger is... It's like this free love style. But that's not what a swinger is. Is it? I actually have some quick math here uh, that I was watching. So like, this doesn't, this is odd. So let's say this is British Intelligence School graduation in 1958. Let's say Austin graduates from high school at 18 years old. Yeah. Um, let's say his dad, Nigel, had him at 16. Let's say that. Okay. And Plausible. let's go from there. Plausible meeting Nigel right. later. We will. So the dad had him at sixteen, and but we saw him when Austin was a baby. Yeah, we did. Remember, he, we saw he him at the was, end. He was twenty year old Michael Caine. All right. Either way, we're was gonna do this actual, math. At is that six actual years. Michael Caine at the end? I thought the flashback. It, I thought it was like. No, a, I think it, it. I think it's a. It's a younger actor. I think it's a clip from they, another Michael Caine movie. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, no, because I think Wikipedia had young young Nigel listed as a different actor. Um, so let's say Austin graduates from high school at 18 years old. Maybe the dad had him at 16 and still graduated and became a secret agent himself, um, which would mean he'd been born in, like, 1924 at the latest. Now, this movie, usually you assume movies come out in the year they, they – or take place in the year they were released for the most part – Let's even say that this this movie came out in two thousand two. Let's say this this movie actually takes place in two thousand one, because that's when Britney Spears' "Boys" was released, uh, the song she plays at the beginning. That would put Nigel Powers at least, and that's if all these above things are true, that this movie takes place in two thousand one, and he had Austin at sixteen years old. That would put him at at least seventy seven years old. That is the like the minimum. Of how old Nigel Powers would be. In he has aged phenomenally. I buy it. All right. He dyes his hair, you know. He probably, yeah. I would buy that. And he maybe dyes his maybe hair. he got frozen like Austin for a bit, just for shits and gigs. And uh, no, I I say even if he's still like the age of seventy seven in there, like whatever. But anyway, I mean, yeah. Um, so we get the scene where Austin's father didn't show up for him in this moment, where you learn that this deep seated hatred that Austin and Doctor Evil had started as young schoolmen working for the British Spy Academy and Yes. Um yeah, so they've they've been around each other for a while. Um then don't we he's back in time now, right? So after that, 
he uh Doctor Evil reveals that he yeah, he has to go back in time. And somehow Basil says, We've located your father in I think it was like nineteen seventy two. Nineteen seventy five. Okay. Nineteen seventy five. He got kidnapped and brought back in time. Yes, yes. yes. Gold member and his gold member. The way Michael Kane looks in nineteen seventy five. That would make sense. Yes. That would make sense. Yes, but he gets but kidnapped and brought back in time. And then there's the hilarious moment where uh, Dr. Evil chases after Austin and he goes out of the cell and then he realizes he can escape just to go back into the cell. Right. I like that. I was good. You like that? I like that. I was, humor- I was humorized by I, 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 I smiled. Um, so now we're back in time. At the at this at the gold member club, uh, and we meet. Love that song, by the way. Yeah. We already Pink talked about member, it. That I thing. Like, yeah, I like the song. I That's think good. I like the songs in this one a lot more than I like the songs in any of the, any of the other ones. Oh, I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on the one coming up, though. Um, so oh. I think the Nathan Lane bit of like the double, so they're not seen talking to each other. Is I think so funny. <laughs> Nathan yeah, Lane, that is so good. Nathan Lane, the fact is that she just... like closes the thing on her hands and like she says ow and the guy just knows to say like ow <laughs> like at that same time it's just like it makes no sense but it's so funny and I love like how and Nathan she, like, Lane like turns flirtatious when like Foxy he turns flirtatious how do you guys know these people's names well I just know Nathan Lane because he he, well, he was Timon he's the voice of Timon but you wouldn't know yeah. that because he doesn't talk in this movie and then he, when Austin has a joke that Beyonce laughs at and just Nathan Lane also laughs at in the exact same way you know it's just like that they're somehow so in tune that this guy knows, this double knows exactly how Beyonce will react. Uh, I, I guess I should say Foxy, how Foxy will react uh, at any at any point. Um, like, it's it implies that like they had a relationship in the past. In the, what year is this? 75. Yeah. This is 75. Austin got frozen in what, 69? Yeah. yeah and, Beyonce, and Beyonce. 69. No, he went back to 69. Oh, yeah. Yeah, shit. so 67. He was frozen in 67, I think. That's what I said. Right. <laughs> so that would imply that Austin had some type of relationship with her in 1967. This is 1975. Uh, this is, so eight years later, and Beyonce is 20, maybe, when filming this, uh, which would put her at 12 at that relationship. So we can go ahead and assume she is playing a character far older than she, the actress, is. Yeah. We can hope that that's the case. I think that's probably right. Yeah. We're not going to have that discussion like this is a why'd you even bring that up because i thought it was a funny little bit of math that they're implying Stop that they had a relationship math. eight years ago all right whatever doing too much math over i'm there. not it's not a problem i don't care uh we'll have sex <laughs> <laughs> um austin and his father meet and then you have the moment of them talking british british which i personally feel like falls a little flat there's yeah, I like i didn't really do much really for yeah. i put this down here as i this is one of the bits that did work for me i thought that was funny uh, it was okay. It wasn't there's, bad. there's one part where it's just like the subtitles are just like question mark tea kettle question mark <laughs> whatever. It wasn't bad. Shit it on a title. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was just whatever. But then you finally meet in like you finally actually meet the character of Goldmember. Of course, you see him like skate around the thing where he's <sighs> doing like the leg behind his this head. This fucking guy. That doesn't not he does not land for me at all. This whole guy Goldmember is not a funny character to me. I think Austin Powell, I think Mike Myers wanted to be like, I have four characters in this movie, and created another one. And he, and he threw characteristics at the wall and assumed it would be funny. The characteristics is he's weirdly flexible, he's Dutch, and his skin feels. <laughs> and he tries to and, and eat they, the and, and Austin Powers, her mic puts all those on a board and goes plus, plus, plus equals 
funny question mark <laughs> and like you know looks at the board and they're all like okay <laughs> if you say so if you say that's gonna be funny i don't know this guy is not fucking funny to me and i think that's a lot of my problem with the movies it's based on this villain who's just not, not one joke lands not one i like when he puts his dick in the hole that might land Okay, we'll get to that later, though. We'll get to it. Come on. But anyway, I mean, you have the scene, and then Michael Caine delivers with what I consider his, like, funniest line in the movie where he's like, there's two things I hate. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Mm. That's a good line. Have you ever met a Dutch person? No, I've actually never met a Dutch person. Have you? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. I've not. No. No. Right. <laughs> um, so we go back to the future now, right? Yes, back to back the future. To the Wait, yeah. if it's eight <laughs> fifteen, Doc, I'm late for school. Damn, I'm late for school. Oh, I cannot. Okay, can go, wait for on. back. To the future. <laughs> anyway, so on, they go back to the future. Um, Foxy reacquaints uh, aqu- Austin. Acquaints Foxy with like all the technology, including funny baboon. Yeah. Videos. Yes. That... Can I just say this is a fine time to bring this up because you know this is like Austin and Foxy time. And we we got some allusion to that they had some type of shared history. Um, okay, Beyonce. I'm not gonna say she's a bad actress in this movie. I remember watching it and being like, "Ooh, that's a bad delivery of that line." You know, like I'm never like that. But and it it's a mix of her not being like an actress like Elizabeth Hurley or, or Heather Graham, and even more so. The fact that she, the entire character, it's not like she has anything to do. This character is literally only in the movie, so Austin has another, like, girl, lead lead woman in the movie. She's a nothing character. Yeah. She she gets, that is a lot of my, like, one of my, she, I feel nothing. You're really getting it, man. Yeah. I'm really proud of you. I, I cared about Austin, for these movies being comedies, I actually cared about Austin and um, Va- uh, Vanessa. Vanessa. And Vanessa. I cared about Austin and uh, Felicity, right? In the second one, Felicity Shagwell. Right? Yes, right. I I think both of those relationships are really cute. Um, I, I like that he didn't have a relationship in this one. No, he kind of did because he still. But it wasn't this like, way. There's never any drama with it. It's just that he's. It's just it's like when she's with him and she's just like, "Ooh, I'm, I like Austin," and he's like, "Ooh, I like her." Uh, that's it. Yeah, it's not. I, I think if they would have done a sexual relationship, there's nothing else they could have done that they haven't already done. So I think. I, I mean, saying, yeah, I they, they should have yes, the given her more of a part, but more I th- of a character. <laughs> but I think I, I get, especially if it's like a trope for, for me, James the, Bond, the like, idea I was, I think what they were going for was, talking, she, <laughs> she's not like, she's more of a partner than anything in these movie mm. in this movie. Like, cause like Foxy Cleopatra. Yeah. It's a great name. Um, we have a song called Cleopatra, so free plugs for us. Uh, go check that out. That's on Spotify by RWC. Um, not yes. the Jonas Brothers. Not the Jonas Brothers song <laughs> Cleopatra. Or There's the a... album. They have Jonas Brothers have an album coming out called The Album, and that's they they didn't do their homework. Let's put it that way. There's already one out there called The Album. Um, so I have written here in my notes, uh, I thought Frau's prison wife look was pretty funny. <laughs> well, you're missing a big scene. That happens after this, and that's Austin meeting the mole. Uh, again, mom, another yeah, another joke that Austin put on the or that Mike Myers put on the board, and it says people with moles e- plus pointing it out a lot equals funny, and and it's like it's like probably they were like uh, 
I don't know. It seems kind of lazy and not witty at all. What else you got? He's like, no, no, no. Don't worry. It's going to be funny because I'm going to do it five to seven times. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah. For me, this, I get it now. that part doesn't work. But Basil finally like being done with Austin shit kind of works a little more for me. Like, Even if that's funny, it's not. it doesn't hold a candle to to Austin punching Basil's mom in the face. You know, like that's... She's a mad baby. And that bit in the first one, which is infinitely funnier, also took 20 seconds. This one is like two minutes of him finding different ways to say mole. Moles? Yeah, I can't do it. I, it's just, that, it, it, that's just so aggressively lazy and unfunny to me. Um, that So that was that was dumb. Um, and then we, of course, go to Frau's. Well, we're in prison. Yeah. yeah the Frau thing, and we got the Frau prison wife thing, and they have the tongue kissing thing, and... I guess she had like a key or right in her yeah, mouth. Yeah. So we have an escape scene here and he and that doesn't Dr. Evil goes like here's what here's what's gonna happen. Mini me are get we're like we're gonna start a riot and Mini Me and I are gonna go out the front door. Or no, you guys are gonna start a riot and Mini Me and are gonna yeah, escape. And yeah. then uh, Dr. Evil does we have, his we have own another rendition song. of I, Hard Knock Life. So you so I put down on here, cue Corey for rant. And you're telling me you liked this. I did. You okay. didn't like the mini me one in the last one. I didn't. It wasn't that I didn't. It wasn't that I was like, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> it was that this one I was like, okay. You know, like he's trying to like kind of charm him and like this is kind of what he is now. You know, at this point I'm like. He cued a musical number to charm them. Yeah. And it, it, snake charmers. Mm. <laughs> and so I, I kind of bought it this time. Okay. The set, the first this one had a purpose. He was singing a song to like convince people to do something. It was the played first out like, one, and no, it played the out first like a one, music video. The first, I know, which I thought was kind of fun too. Uh, this is for <laughs> so all. This is why we're at the impasse. This here. is. Like, <laughs> I was, was watching this like this is so dumb. What what is going on? In I this guarantee. Movie? I was like, you know what? If they're gonna sing a song in prison, you might as well make it a music. I video. buy. I okay. Let me, I let thought me the first one in the, in the second movie when they sing the song about Mini Me, I was like, who? What? What is he doing this for? Like, who is I this think, for? So, okay, you, so it's purpose for you. There's purpose in this one. Okay. So <laughs> do you <laughs> felt the purpose in, in the words? I felt, no, I felt like it was like, let me convince you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, and he sing a song. Uh, that is what song. it is. Cool. What are you going to say? So I'm I'm just curious. Do you think you would have appreciated the song in the second more? If there was like a little music video thing to no, go along. No, 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 no. If it had a purpose. And then I bet, uh, Corey, I know your favorite part was when Dr. Evil started twerking and goes, This is for all my homies in Bruges. I wanted to punch the TV. Um, I, 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 let, me, let me just make this is the last word on this sequence that I'll say. Um, for me, personally, Dr. Evil randomly as a character deciding to sing a song to his volcano lair full of henchmen about how much he likes, loves his new mini-me clone. Randomly for no purpose whatsoever right. besides that's, to sing a song. Yeah. You like that, that? That is funnier for him to just decide, you know what, I'm Dr. Evil and oh, I'm going to okay. sing this song for them. That is funnier. That and, and actually just singing it and not some music video that 
suddenly he was able to create in prison. I don't even um, think it was him creating because he didn't move. You know, okay, then it, it's, it's, it's a difference it, in style it, and direction. It, it pulls back. It pulled it pulls me out of the fucking movie. Listen, listen, listen. It pulls back. Like after this, the the music video, quote unquote, music video is over. Um, he's in the same spot, so he was just singing that, and we were just seeing like what it would have been, like what it was in his okay. head or something. Is what I was thinking. He didn't get all those guys to make a musical. At least in the first, in the second one, it's diegetic. He he, he has a boombox and he like, presses play and he does the song. And this one is just like. I I need to start a riot. So here's a rap video that's happening right now. <laughs> you know, I, I what the hell are we doing? What is this movie at this point? I can see and, I can see where you're upset. Yeah, about. I, I it definitely I, I in terms say, of plausibility. I will say it's funnier. <laughs> it is funnier to just have. I'm just gonna sing a song. Here's a boombox, and I'm just it keeps you in the and, world. And they all and the funny part is all the heads gonna have to be like. Okay, so our boss, our evil boss, wants to sing a song about his clone now. <laughs> I think that is a funnier concept, and that works for me more than I need to get out of prison. So let me, I'm going to win these inmates at the prison over with a Jay-Z cover. It worked. It worked. <laughs> can't argue with the results. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Uh, we go to Japan where they find Fat Bastard in an attempt to find Dr. Evil's new lair, wherever it is at this oh, point in the movie. Man. And Wait, let okay, through, let him get through the Japan I, stuff before we come. I just keep wanna going, keep going through the Japan stuff and then we'll come. Well, I'd like to just address how do we feel about Fat Bastard in this like because this I entire scene. I think he was scene, funny in the second one. I think he's even less funny in this one. So after that, we end up going was... to Roboto Industries. Oh, Wait, yeah. is this? Did we have the? Is Japan this ended. the scene where he escaped in the car and it goes under the? Yeah, first he has the meeting with the Roboto, and then he has to hide, and um, the fountain breaks, and then Austin has to. Oh, the to fountain that's right. The yeah. fountain for me. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the fountain that has the like water the, coming out. He had to go stand behind it and pee. Instead of that just plugging it back in, I like the asparagus bit where he like. He takes one bite, and then all of a sudden he's like. Oh the way I've written my notes, I said the fountain bit works by the skin of its teeth. <laughs> it works just barely, and then, but it worked for me. And then there's the it's shot just of absurd. The it's the type of absurd humor that would be in the first movie, and that's what I like. That's what that felt like something that could have been in the first movie. That type of humor, and I thought that was good. The guy like laying down and then like seeing what Austin's doing and thinking. Oh my God! What is happening right now? Oh, they repeated a bit in this one. I just remembered. Anyway, we're not there yet. Yeah, but anyway, I like, I, there's a part here where Nigel isn't there. This scene where like Nigel, Nigel they, by the way just slaps a woman's ass. Yeah, not cool with him. Uh, there's a part yeah, here. Yeah, out of nowhere. I was like, "What the hell, Nigel?" Now, now I, I, I put down my drink and I stood up <laughs> in my living room. Oh, <laughs> so what yeah, the hell? Then is this? we get to. Them freeing Nigel and Nigel. You, you have any idea yeah. how many anonymous henchmen I've killed? Go, yeah. Put put the gun down. Yeah. Just put it down. <laughs> yeah, like, Nigel breaks into Doctor Evil's lair and um, he convinces Mini Me to be his own man. Oh yeah, he goes one one eighth the size does not equal one eighth the respect. <laughs> I like how he's like, you're like a tripod. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> that was great. That was great. <laughs> That's good. And, I uh, did like that scene between. <laughs> he looks down. He's like, "Oh, I thought I smelled cabbage. Like, what does that even mean? What, what does he mean when he says that?" <laughs> I'm he, looks, also. he looks down and sees Mini Me and goes, "Oh, I thought I smelled cabbage." Like he's like shocked that that, that he's there. And uh, of course, that leads to Mini Me deciding to leave because Scott has finally gifted his father with yeah, the thing he has, but with the thing he has craved for three movies. And that is sharks with frickin' lasers attached to their That's heads. A good 
And it's this like callback to the first. It fries like a random worker, right? And they're like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I mean, then Mini Me decides he's had enough. He he joins Austin's team. He's got a little Austin outfit now. <laughs> and then, but the fight that ensues between him and Austin, I found it like very hilarious. And he very like, threw Mini Me <laughs> against the wall, and then like the actual actor got up from that throw. Yeah. It was like yeah. there was like it was no cut. It was like you see a body fly against a wall, and then you see it like not move at all, and he just gets up and he's just like, oh. and then he, he, he throws Mini Me. <laughs> In the pillowcase, Austin catches. He catches. He has him say, "That is so funny to me." Is that he has him? He caught him, and then proceeds to just like (laughs) keep beating him. Well, because Minnie Me does the peace sign, and last time he did that. That's not right. That's what I loved about that fight. In the, I thought that was a callback. Um, Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, (laughs) And then they join forces and decide to infiltrate Doctor Evil's uh, summary. That is, mm. of course, in the shape of Dr. Evil, the egotistical when, man he is. When was uh, the, the subtitle bit? That was, that was another, in Japan. That was at yeah. Roboto, Roboto yeah. in yeah. When they keep The subtitles are unclear because there's always something white in front of it and they have to move it. That didn't land for me. That I was didn't like, land for you? I, I was like, it, this game. It, was, it was hit or miss. It got old so fast. Like After the first one, I was just like, that was a good little bit. And then they just kept doing it. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah I, a lot of fake outs. I, I think it was, it was funny. Kind of funny. That, it's a funny idea. I don't know if it worked. I don't, I don't know. I think it works when Mr. Roboto even decides, I've had enough of this bit. Mm. And is like, how about I just speak English so we There's don't some, have to the, keep the, doing it? The Japanese this. humor. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and, you know, I think it's not. It's I don't get off on being like, this movie's problematic. You guys are wrong for liking it. I'm not that person. Sounds um, like you're about to be that. Sounds person. like I am about to be. Uh, no, not exactly. But the 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 Mr. Roboto and um, the Godzilla bit. Um, oh, the Godzilla bit was kind of funny, just because he was good. just like, "It's close, but it's not actually." But yeah, that's part. Of that's, <laughs> but well, that's just a copyright joke. That's not actually okay, part of well, the humor of the joke part. of Japanese people running away from a big lizard, like it's actually a lizard. Well, the joke, the copyright joke landed for me, then. right? You like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought that was fine. I did like the copyright aspect of it. And then uh, you have the lab coat sequence, which leads to the silhouette. Because yeah, the idea is like, they, how are we going to do this? Uh, with, <laughs> how are we going to appear as one person? And they land on, uh, Mini-Me will be on bottom. Austin <laughs> will be on top in the lab coat. But I think it's, it's <laughs> even funnier that the doctor, in the scene where Austin has to get the physical and... Um, is the same guy who gives Austin back his items in the first movie. Oh, is it? Yeah. Mm. The very famous, this thing, sort of thing, is my bag, baby. Yeah. Um, He's definitely not as funny in this because the that first one, it was all about the delivery. And I think it was just a nice little callback to the original Ultron, this guy cameo, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, and then you, this goes in, of course, to the final confrontation. Ugh, things are just kind of happening at this yeah, point. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like it. it I mean, fan. and then, like, he's got him dead to rights, you, me, and a gun, and you think this, like, this will actually lead somewhere, and then it's a complete throwaway with the whole, he's been your brother 
Uh, I, the thing that bothered me, I thought when we were getting to the final conflict, I was like, okay, yeah, they're brothers, and now Goldmember's like the main villain at this point, and when every single time someone grabs him, they always grab him by the neck, and they always stand right beside his head. And, and, and it's always him? and it's always Foxy, and she's always like getting kicked in the face, and it's just like, what are you doing? Like, what? We, what is the point? If you well, she's probably she's probably holding him, and she's got him, and she's thinking, okay, I got him. I this is this is standard protocol, and there's no way that the writers of this movie would think it would be funny for them to repeat this gag again. So she thinks she's safe, but what she did not anticipate is that the writers would think it would be funny <laughs> to do it again, and they do it again. Yeah, she did not and, anticipate that, uh, and it did not land. And I was getting upset. I was like, what is the like? What is this guy doing? And then it gets to the point where it's just yeah, and then yeah. it completely turns ridiculous. Yeah, the whole flash. The, Austin I'm, is Doctor Evil's brother. Uh, yeah. Like that's what we're doing. Um, I was, I was. I did like that they they did stick to canon and that Doctor Evil is found by uh, you know the 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 parents he describes in the first Belgium. one, like, Chloe with Chloe a prostitute with webbed feet or something like <laughs> and, that. Um, and the whole thing that he wouldn't like save him because they um, share a border with the Dutch. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about the Dutch. Like <laughs> uh, they turned you. Well, they so. had to establish that early in the movie, so it was like, well, I mean, yeah. paid it off. <laughs> Chekhov's hatred towards Dutch. Yeah. That's what they call that in the writer's room. Um, uh, Chekhov's gun. Yeah, climax is bad. Climax is a bad. Then, everything is bad. I, mean, I thought Doctor Evil was out. I did, I just don't even get that. So Doctor Evil finds out that this is his brother and his dad. And Scott ends up like, immediately starts acting like it's not even like a debate like, oh, now I'm on your side. Like, here we go. This is what we're doing. Uh, and it's like, oh, you do this and I do that. You know, it's just I, I don't know. I it, it, it's at this point, it feels silly to say that felt out of character when, you know, we have fucking rap videos in the middle of the movie. And like, like what's <laughs> what's going on? What is reality? At this I point? mean, at that but, point, like you're used to Dr. Evil singing from the last one so that one's not out of character but this one it's this complete jump to like yeah, I bad. don't know who the fuck you are you're not I have father. no basis of who Dr. Evil is as a character at this point um bad 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 um I yeah I didn't need this it to me it rings of the fucking you know the familial twist from like Scream 3 even um like shit like that I just Morgan for me. you know um yeah. They wanted to have a dramatic, you know, Austin, I am your father moment that they hint, they, they parodied in the second one. They literally parody what they do in this one. In the second one, Dr. Evil has a bit like, oh, no, I'm not actually your father. I just thought it would be fun to say that or whatever it was. And then they actually do a thing where it's like, oh, no, you, you guys are brothers. You know, it's like, okay. What what did we gain as an audience from this revelation? What did the story gain from this revelation? The when, answer is not a damn thing. Like, when, nothing gets better from when, that revelation. When Dr. Evil was at the same school that Austin was, why at that why point... Did, why did Nigel not say something? Clearly, it seems like he knew. He did? Didn't yeah. It? I mean... How does it get revealed? Oh, Nigel. Nigel, no, Nigel, no, yes, Nigel, Nigel says, I saw you get picked up by these two yeah, people. Yeah, why doesn't he say But I, I couldn't go save you because, of course, Dutch joke. I, I was thinking Basil. Uh, when you said, why isn't ba- why isn't that? I mean, Basil should have dropped some exposition about them being brothers mm-hmm. in the first damn movie because it seems like he seems to know every fucking yeah. thing that goes on. Well, well that's get, pretty much the movie, don't isn't get, it? Is there anything else I'm forgetting? Don't get mad at Basil. Um, oh, you have the mo- like final movie reveal. That was oh, oh yeah, that's, it was it's a like movie. a Tropic Thunder ending. It yeah. ends. It ends where the movie we've been watching pans out. And it's like, oh, we're watching that movie. And that's how the way Tropic Thunder ends. Yeah, and it's like But revealed, this is before Tropic Thunder, so uh, that's not a slide. John Travolta is like playing gold member 
in this movie. And then um, yeah. you have the very poorly aging Jared from Subway joke where Fat Bastard basically goes, I lost all my weight by walking to Subway every fucking day. Mm. What's our next section? Our next section is the award season. Oh, and we're fairly certain they're in guerrilla hands. So why don't you use the regular army? What do you need us for? Because some damn fool accused you of being the best. All right, award season. Uh, so here we're dishing out who our MVP of the movie is. Uh, Cole, you want to you wanna lead it off? How many MVPs you, you got this? You off over there? You know what? I'm going to say one who's been a consistent through three movies. She's always funny. Frau Farbissna. There you go. Frau has never Frau has never changed, and that's the great part. She's this evil like hench person, and it works for the movie. She's never been unfunny to me. I've always found her funny, and I think Frau is consistently just a funny character. I love her in these movies. Frau Farbissna. I should. Uh, good, an- good answer, Cole. Good right. answer. Good answer. Feel like I'm on family feud. Good, <laughs> good answer. answer. Good answer. I, I should. Exactly. I should clarify. I said Frau a lot. I meant Frau Farbissna. Um, Scott. I think I'm just gonna go, Scott. I don't uh, think. What? Bad MVP. Scott, no, Scott did great in this movie. I thought he Seth actually great. had. Yeah. Revo. He actually had. He actually had like an, a character arc. I felt like he had a purpose in this movie, and the other one. Other ones, yeah, he was oh, just there yeah, to we complain. End that. We end with the, him being the like the, the main villain. At the yeah, end which I was like, I don't want them to do a second one or a ne- another one. Like, I would press my button here. Like, okay, just be done. This so you are. Pre- I'm Wait, pressing. So Corey, you are pressing your button. I'm. I'll press my button. I'll press my button right here. And that's what it sounds like. It sounds like this. Turn it off. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I'm sorry, Zed. What's no, 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 the no, no, no. Corey is no, stopping no. the franchise here. Yes, I would stop it here. And but if I like, if it did continue and Scott was the main villain. I think that would be a fun way oh, to yeah. see it. Because he's always been so like, why are you doing it this way? Why are you doing this way? It would be a much harder situation, and you would actually like, get a better... Like, see Austin get his would, way out of it. You would get a better hero because you would have a more meticulous uh, villain. So that's why I, I think mm. Scott is my MVP of this one. Just because, like, I mean, throughout it, he was... He still was, like, the same Scott, but he was also, like... When he started losing his hair and he got to sit between Dr. Evil, I was like, oh my gosh, he's like, that's kind of funny. Like, how he yeah. looks is kind of funny. I, I, did, I did think they that, both got scene, to laugh together, yeah. that scene was pretty funny where he like tells Scott to sit and then he tells every single person in the room to stay. And <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, this is weird. That mini me, mini me has not getting that he's supposed to leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's that, was kind of funny. Let's hear it. Who's your MVP? Yeah, see, this, is a, this was a really hard one for me. This was actually really hard to come to a decision. Mainly because I don't think anyone did a good job in this movie. How dare um, you? I'm, I'm great job. Not I, even Frau Farbissena? I was actually going to say, Cole, Scott. that's a good answer. And I think I'm just going to take that because I never have a problem. Every Everything she does works for me. She doesn't do anything. Well, that's some people came out to a negative with the stuff they did. <laughs> so she... Tell you what. Uh, I'll go... Since Cole already did her, I will say Quincy Jones just for contributing the theme. I know he didn't do the official music for the movie, <laughs> but the Awesome Powers theme is really it's fucking, uh, really funny, really synonymous with the sure. with the character, and one of my favorite parts about the series as a whole. Um, so I'm gonna, I am gonna say, uh, good, yeah, I'm gonna say Quincy Jones just because that you know, and he got the tribute at the beginning, uh, and he says this is where the series gets its mojo, baby. That's what Austin says about him, um, and uh, I, I have to uh i'm inclined to agree so uh, quincy jones uh 
is my MVP for, for the film. Long story short, Quincy Jones is your MVP. That is the long story <laughs> made short, yeah. Uh, good thing that we can go to uh, our final category. Uh, what is it called? Oh, the review section. I thought yeah. it was... I was like, what is it called? That's not our final second to fi- Our second to final category called the review section. It says that they insist on outside opinions. What kind of opinions? Well, you're kind not to put too fine a point on it. I mean, let's face it, in your particular field, you're the top minds. Uh, two and a half out of five. Uh, it goes the first one. It goes International Man of Mystery, Gold Member, Spy Who Shagged Me. That's my rating. That's what I'm sticking to. Two out of five. 2.5 out of five. Uh, the last one was two. The first one was, I think I gave it a four, but I, I think I'm going to give it a three and a half now. Mm-hmm. So three and a half, two and a half, two. I got to go with Corey here. Two and a half for the movie. Maybe a 2.75. There were a few more jokes that landed in the last one. Um, But, yeah, rankings, first one, third one, second one. I'm so excited to be done with this this series. Wait, now, wait a minute, Cole. Now, didn't you give the second one a three? Yeah, after listening, talking about this, I'm just kind of realizing I might drop the second one down to, like, a two and a half, maybe a two. That's right. Wow, wow, wow. I'm a shepherd amongst sheep on this podcast. I am going to give Austin Powers and Gold Member a two and a half out of five. Um, it is my least favorite of the three, so I do go International Man of Mystery, Spy Who Shagged Me, Gold Member. So I just go one, two, three. Um, I do commend it for actually doing a new story in this one, whereas the second one is is largely a retrade of the first one. It's the exact some, same thing. Yeah. The exact same thing. Well, not exact same thing. But it's the exact yeah, they same flip, thing. They flip it's the exact script. same thing. It's the exact same script. Okay. It's it's not. Well, here's one thing. They made the say. same movie twice. Well, tell you what. I thought the jokes in the first one are the best, and so when they repeat them to diminishing returns in the second one, I still laughed at more of those than the bits that are just aggressively unfunny in this movie that almost make it hard to watch. There are parts in this movie that think it's funny, and there's almost nothing worse than comedy than watching a bit that is going on so long that it's just not funny, and you just have to keep sitting through it, and it's just brutal. And this movie has a lot of those. This movie just is not that funny to me. Not that it's without laughs. I think the first half of the movie overall is better. I think the opening is great. Um, but overall, this movie, uh, it, it, it just didn't work for me. Um, honestly, I, I might even, uh, you know what? I might even bring it down to a two out of five. Uh Hard to say, but it's it's not. I I just don't like. I think by the climax, things are just kind of happening. It's kind of chaotic without really any sense to what's uh, happening in front of us. Um, and I think Austin at points is even borderline unlikable in this movie. I think the gold member character is fucking annoying. I think Fat Bastard is even more annoying in this one than he is in the in the second one. Um, so yeah, it's my least favorite of the three. Um, it sounds like a lot of the problems you had were with the second one. No, I'm saying these things, a lot of things I'm saying are even, are worse in this one than I, they are in the second one. Yeah, but it sounds like a lot of them were going from the second one. I, th- I think you like the second, I think you want to hate the second one and like this yeah, one. Is that I, what I'm getting? Did I, I read that right? Do you that's want it? That's what I'm hearing. Do you want to hate the second one? Now tell me if I'm one. off. If you, <laughs> no, I may be wrong. Look, Zach, <laughs> just hate the second one with us, man. Come on. Yeah. No, I Ooh. think the second one is better. I think they actually decided to give their female uh, star a character in the second one. Um, well, they gave actual character arcs in this one. and so someone, But not to the woman. Well, someone had to not have a character at all. And it had to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it didn't have to be the one. It just ended, they not, drew straws and it ended up not being the one. Uh-oh, SpaghettiO. No character for you, woman. Um, Black woman. <laughs> Black woman, yeah, exactly. Okay, so yeah, that's that's my final thoughts on that. So we're going to move to our last section called uh, the post credit scene. You're still here. It's over. Go home. So usually in the post-credit scene, we uh, talk about what we have coming next, and we'll even talk about things that we've watched this week that we want to bring up. But I think this is also, for the last movie in the franchise, I couldn't think of a section where it would make more sense to bring this up. But Awesome Powers 4, oh, oh, uh, oh, (laughs) um, is not confirmed, and it's not in any active pre-production. Why are you even bringing it up, then? Because they've been bringing it up for... Who's Mike they? Myers, Jay Roach, director, Ugh. director and writer. Mike Myers, Jay Roach have been um, bringing it up for a while. Uh, they've wanted to make it, and even as recently as uh, October 2022, which is last year, Mike Myers says like the script is written. Uh, we're just waiting, waiting for things to fall in place, um, uh, and it would focus apparently on Doctor Evil, and it would be more of a Doctor Evil movie than an Austin Powers movie. Um, and would focus on the relationship between Dr. Evil and Scotty. Uh, I'm going to be sick that episode. Yeah, I don't need the movie, hence the buzzer I hit, mainly because, you know, we've seen distant sequels from comedy movies from 10, 20 plus years ago that when they come back for a sequel later, it just doesn't work. Fucking Zoolander 2. Coming to America uh, 2. Dumb and Dumber 2, which wasn't that good. Uh... Honestly, Anchorman 2 might be the best of them, and even that one is maybe like a 3 out of 5 for me. So hit a lot and of that miss, work. I mean. Yeah, it's a very hit-and-miss movie. A lot of it hits, a lot of it misses. Um, that's another movie where it just has bits that aren't funny that it, they continue to do for a while, but luckily for that movie, it's, it, it has a lot of moments that are funny. Um, but yeah, I don't need an Austin Powers 4, and what I would say is that if they did an Austin Powers 4, the one way they could get me more excited for it is if Mike Myers does not write it. Um... I, and that's nothing against Mike Myers as a, like, a person in general or anything, obviously. It's just that I would have more faith in a fresh take on all of this than a fourth take by the same person who, even by the third one, I think was running out of steam creatively with the concept. Um, and I think if I had to put a director to it, even, I, if, obviously this wouldn't happen, uh, I would say fucking, like, Greta Gerwig. Like, who directed... I, again, not going to happen. What? I would want... If I heard there was a Greta Gerwig-directed Austin Powers movie coming out, um, I would be really excited. Uh, she directed um, Lady Bird, Little Women, and has Barbie coming out next year. Didn't she do Men? <laughs> no. Who did Men? Alex, Alex Garland. Garland. Ah, that's right. <laughs> the classic Alex Garland, Greta Gerwig mix. <laughs> yeah, okay. Interesting. Alex Garland. Alex know. Garland is directing Austin Powers for After Men, uh, <laughs> Annihilation, and Ex Machina. What are we doing next week? What are we doing next week? Right. Gonna... Uh, Ant Man, Quantumania, and the Wasp, Quantumania. You know, the Wasp is still on that one. Um, you right. know, like what is they, what do they, what do they call her? Ant Woman. Ant. That would make no sense. Ant Girl. Ant. Ant Girl. Ant yeah. Girl. Oh, I'd buy that. Okay. Maybe. Um, Who knows? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. You guys. Uh, Watch, yes. watch anything you guys want to talk about before we sign I, off here? I watched another show. Did you watch the show? You just asked me earlier if you... Oh, uh, the way that you said yeah, that without no. talking about the show is like Jay Lennon. Like, you guys see this? You guys, you guys hear about this? <laughs> no, but uh, I, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, Corey, go ahead. I uh, watched Shrinking, mm. the new the new Bill Lawrence show. Um, Isn't that the Matt Damon film from like four years ago? 
You think downsizing. downsizing. Mm. That's downsizing. How is this different? This has nothing to do with sci-fi whatsoever. Oh, <laughs> it's about it's about a shrink and who, Nomad uh, Damon. Oh, it's the Harrison Ford. Harrison Harrison Ford, Jason Segel, Bill Lawrence, guy who made uh, Scrubs and Ted Lasso. Yes, and, and uh, uh, Cougar Town, and uh, Brett Zon- Goldstein, and Brett Goldstein, uh, Roy Kent from uh, Ted Lasso. Roy, um, they're in it. I think. I think you said how um, Jason Siegel also had a hand in writing a little bit. Um, one of the episodes directed by Zach Braff. Um, <laughs> a lot of, uh, but no, it was really good. It was about a, it's about a therapist who um, he's like kind of going through. It. It's like who is the? It's like, like who who watches the Watchmen? Who 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 therapizes the therapist? Mm. You know, that's kind of what this is. That's a good and, question. But they they answer it within the first episode, so it's not like. Um, but it's it's just him grappling. Terrence Ford. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like the first five minutes, so I could say that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. What about you? Um, I actually found this show on Hulu. It's called Enlisted. I mean, oh. it was one of those shows that was like a mid-season replacement, didn't do well in the ratings, so they canceled it. But oh. I, I watched it, and it's actually really funny. It's about these three brothers who are in the Just three brothers. Yeah, and then a meteor hits. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, but it's three brothers who are in the rear detachment, uh, which is a form of the military. It's like the guys at home who do all like the work, keep bases ready and going, and it's just really funny. But it's also got this very endearing sense. It deals with like post-traumatic stress and this idea that we can't, we don't really know what's going on when our loved ones are away, and we. We have this feeling of worrying, but it's also just, like I said, it's really funny. I would highly recommend it. It's 13 episodes, all 30 minutes. I mean, it's a quick watch, and it's very uplifting. All right. uh, See ya. See see you later. Catch you later, Alex.